Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to share a story of a young lady who was dealing with depression, a rape situation, and drug addiction who showed up at the abortion center. We're going to share some principles of how we dealt with this situation, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Parks. What's up? Yeah. Well, what's up is we have another case study. We've been kind of the past few podcasts, we have been doing case studies of actual moms that we have counseled, that we have met out at the abortion center, that we have followed often for years. This one I actually am still friends with. I still write to her, and this is case probably i first met her three four maybe even five years ago at at this point but like many of the women that we encounter she had multiple issues yeah so she had uh, we kind of titled this a case study of a woman with depression rape and drug addiction and those are not uncommon issues no with the with the moms that that we come into contact with Right. Yeah. They don't always uh, occur together, but actually, sometimes they do. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes they do. The understanding is that when we're dealing with hard cases, there may be one kind of prominent issue that they've got going on. Right. But it can be interwoven with a lot of other stuff, a lot of other struggles that tie into that issue. Yeah. And that's the case here for sure. And oftentimes that is not revealed on the first. Yeah. It, time that that you meet them, it kind sure. of comes out as as you get to know them, and then you. And I'm glad because I think we would be unbelievably overwhelmed if we heard every yeah. issue that they're facing. They're complex. They're people. Yeah, people are absolutely. complex, usually with complex issues. Especially once sin enters into the equation, things get really complex yeah. and uh, hard. Yeah, hard absolutely. So th- this young lady, we'll we'll call her Kate. All right, and okay. when we meet Kate, she arrives with her mother to the abortion center. She went into the center, but was, like many of the women, in and out. The mom was clearly abortion-minded, clearly siding towards abortion, but she said that she would support Kate in, in whatever Kate decided. And Kate was markedly non-emotional. Flat affect, I could not read Kate at all. Yeah. I found out later maybe why, some of the reasons why, but I remember when I first met her thinking this some, something's wrong yeah. with this girl. So um she she told me right away that she did not believe in God. She did believe in a higher power, but it was a really new agey kind of funny sure. like didn't really understand at all yeah. where she was coming from. And she was not interested in a discussion of God. In other words, she didn't want to talk yeah. about God. Okay. She kind of told us, "I don't don't bring God into this. I don't believe in God. The, he doesn't enter into, into my decision." Um, she was not terribly interested, even in a, in a discussion of the resources. And and okay. as you know, we have three main areas we go into: yeah, God, resources. And then the humanity of the baby. So the first two things, she's kind of 
has shown no interest in. Yeah. The one thing that she did show some interest in was the ultrasound. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a resource. So it, that's it, a starting sure place. Is. Yeah. Well, that's true. It's a resource, but it, and it also talks about the baby development. She was interested. I think she was surprised at some of the things we were saying about baby development. So it was only later, like I said in our introduction, that I learned that there were many layers of um, trauma yeah. to this young lady, one of which was that she, the baby had been conceived in rape. And honestly, the total repression of emotion should have been kind of a tip-off to me that yeah. there was probably some trauma, some deep trauma. Yeah. Um, she did discuss right away deep depression. Wow. That was, in fact, as I recall, the main reason that she was there and the main reason the mother was so concerned was that the baby would just tip her deeper into depression, and it was a debilitating depression. Yeah. Um, her mother was very worried about what that child which was not wanted and not planned, was going to do to the mental health yeah. of, of her daughter. And as we continue in the discussion, we find out that Kate was addicted to drugs. And that was another big concern of, of the mother. Yeah, absolutely. So what was interesting, though, she told us that when she learned of the baby, which she didn't want, or so we thought anyway, she stopped her drug use. Cold okay. turkey. Wow. Just, and it was pretty significant drug use. Yeah. And so it hadn't been long yet. It had only been a week or two. She had not known for very long that she was pregnant. But in that period of time, she had stopped her drug use. And so that was a really important clue. Yeah, absolutely. To us. So I think that was kind of where the what we're presented with. Yeah. At yeah. this point. Yeah. And the first principle here, because we uh, have been doing in the past couple of episodes where we've yeah. shared these case studies, is we've kind of ID'd principles. And uh, so I hope you guys are taking notes, and I hope these principles are a blessing to you. Um, but the first principle is discern the major issues. We want right. to get to the bottom. I know when I talk to a mom that's coming to the abortion center or I talk to a dad that's bringing his girlfriend there, one of the first things I will say is, what brought you here? Right. And sometimes... Um, I find often it's like there's a lot of stuff, as we talked about. There's a lot of interwoven stuff. But right. oftentimes there's like one major thing that if mm -hmm. that thing could be removed, mm -hmm. then they would consider keeping their baby. As a matter of fact, I will try to get to that. Mm -hmm. If there was one thing, I'll say this sometimes, if there's one thing that if you could just snap your finger and it's taken care of and that would help you to choose life, what would that one thing be? Yeah. And um, do they often have one thing? Do you find that they'll answer that? I find that there's typically one major thing in the forefront okay. of their mind. Now, again, it's interwoven with a bunch of other stuff. I'm not right. pretending that, you know, there is a snap of the finger that's going to take care of that. But right. I just want them to be thinking about how actually that one thing that's in their mind is not the end of the world. Yeah. That they've experienced things like that in the past and that the Lord has brought them through. They've yeah. been able to make it through. Yeah. Uh, because the devil operates in the realm of fear. Absolutely. And when he can get you fearful of the future because of this one issue, whether mm -hmm. it's relational or financial or whatever it might be, right. um, the devil can really dupe people into doing something that they'll regret in the future yeah. if he yeah. can hold that fear over them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so one of the things, though, this is not within the principles, Mm -hmm. but I did want us to talk about, and before we started this podcast, we talked a little bit about this, maybe even we would do a whole podcast about this, because this is a pretty common issue. Mm -hmm. In the midst of just a little bit that you've shared initially, uh, Kate was like, I don't want to talk about God. Don't mention God. Don't mention religious stuff. And so the question is, kind of a rabbit trail, how do you deal with that? Right. Do you mention the Lord? Do you leave God out of the equation? Or do you just keep bringing the truth of who God is into the equation? How do you handle that sort of thing? Well, I'll tell you, um, when someone is very adamant about anything, like don't talk about God, don't mention my boyfriend, whatever, I usually for that moment honor it because I'm just going to come up against a closed door. When they're that adamant, I know that they're just going to slam the discussion to a halt. And so um, I think I will mention God. I will always mention God. I can't not mention God. That is, it's we're a gospel-focused ministry, but also just... um, God is such an integral part of every belief system inside of me. I can't possibly guide and counsel someone without bringing that up. Yeah. But if they say, don't mention God, then I then I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to bring him up at an opportune time. I'm often praying, Lord, open that door when you know, when you can, (laughs) when it would be the perfect timing. And I'll go into other areas. So with her, I knew right away that just mentioning the science uh, and the development of the baby, she was interested in seeing the baby. Yeah. And that was a big clue to me there. She wants to know how developed that baby is. She, she's someone that might respond to that. And that's where I went initially. Yeah. And God always opens the door. That is what I have found. And if you just don't, um, cause immediate antagonism by saying, sorry, God, talk about God. Yeah. But you like let her kind of lead you to where God almost naturally comes then um, into the discussion, she might be more willing to hear. And indeed, yeah. that, is, that is actually what did happen in that case. Yeah. But, um, but that's generally... Yeah. How I deal with it. Yeah, and I've encountered these situations, and you guys that are listening, I'm sure if you've been on the sidewalks for any amount of time, you've encountered these situations where people are saying, yeah, I'll talk to you. I just don't want to talk about any of that God stuff. And typically I find that those uh, statements come out of a place of anger with God or yep. hurt because they were raised in church or, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so it's really not helpful. I mean, if you want to just go ahead and shut the the whole conversation down, then just you know, go ahead and go into a, a gospel presentation. Right. <laughs> I mean, God could use it for sure. But I find, like you said, it's just not helpful if they've told you to stop talking about it or if they've told you to stop talking about the boyfriend that got her yeah. pregnant. Yeah. You, you just table that. Yeah. Let the Lord open up, you know, the conversation. Because one of the things that I will say, and this has been a couple of conversations I just, that come to mind for me with mostly with the men coming to the abortion center, they say, you know, don't don't talk about God. I will, I will say, well, listen, I'll do the best I can to honor that request, mm-hmm. but just please know I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I love God. He's changed my life. Mm-hmm. And for me not to talk about him is like for me not to talk about my wife or my kids right. because he is my life and he's part of who I am. So if I mention the Lord, it's not because I'm not honoring your request. It's just because it's so natural for me to talk about the God who's changed my life. Right. And then I'll jump into – so I want to make sure because what will happen is um, – 
they're kind of in one sense looking for a reason of offense, right? They're looking for a reason to shut the conversation down. So if you don't honor their request, that's a reason to shut the conversation down and they can they can write you off, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to give them that, mm-hmm. but also you don't want to be disingenuous, right? So in reality for me, and I know for you too, if it wasn't for God, then I wouldn't even be out at the abortion center, right? right? I'm not fighting this this battle based on some humanitarian effort or or motivation, Right. You know, my motivation is because Jesus Christ told me to give a voice to the voices. And so it'd be really disingenuous for me not to mention God. But again, I want to be intentional that I clearly communicate. If I mention the Lord, it's not because I just want to offend you. It's just because it's second nature, first yeah. nature to me, yeah. <laughs> really to mention the Lord. But then I will go right into um, the scientific stuff. I'll, real, mm-hmm. I'll go right into describing fetal development. Mm-hmm. And those are powerful things that we can bring up and you know the science is on our side as it yeah. pertains to life in the womb yeah. so yeah you can you got all kinds of stuff to talk about as far as that goes yeah there was a guy out at the abortion center today who said i, I don't believe in god and uh, he believed in a higher power but he said i don't believe in god but i agree with you that abortion is wrong and i said why yeah and and that led to him he really couldn't you can't say a lot of the moral questions of why without in some way indicating there is a standard and that that standard has to have come from someone. Absolutely. And so you can lead into a God discussion kind of through the back door like that by asking questions. But... um, but yeah, in general, I agree with you. It it it's usually not very productive yeah. for you to slam God down their throat when they really are not ready to yeah. hear God. And then, like you said, the Lord will open up those opportunities. And I'm sure as we share in this story, you guys will hear that. That yeah. was a bit of a rabbit trail from what we're talking about, but I think it's a helpful rabbit trail for us. And again, we might do a whole podcast yeah. about that subject and how yeah. to tackle that subject. Right. But our first principle here is again discern the major issues, try to figure out what brought them there, the things that are going on. In her case, there's the depression Mm -hmm. from the rape situation and then Mm -hmm. drug addiction. Right. All three. All all three big ones. Fortunately, we have resources for all three of those, and I, I did actually bring those up right away. But as is often the case as the story progresses... I learned that there is a whole lot more to the story, yeah. that there is significant dysfunction in the family, which is not unusual oh, no. in, in yeah. the people that we, that we deal with. So she was, like I said, very flat affect, very non-emotional. But when she saw the baby on the ultrasound, she said that abortion would not be the best choice right away, right yeah. away. And it was the first flicker of emotion. There wasn't a lot. But there was some emotion on her face as she first sees that heartbeat, sees the baby moving. The mother, on the other hand, who had said she would honor Kate's choice, is hovering over Kate and and was still say, it was making comments like, well, given your depression, this would not be the best choice. Can you imagine what would happen if you had to care for a baby? And um, so Kate did not even seem to be listening to the mother and as her mother balked at the idea of letting this baby live, Kate grew even less and less um, obviously listening to yeah. her mother. She okay. is clearly tuning her mother, her mother out. So the two leave, 
Having chosen life, we know it's a very tenuous choice. I had said I would be in touch. I don't think I did bring God up much other than saying things like what a miracle this life was as we're looking at the ultrasound. Um, but, uh, the, at that time in in our ministry, we we didn't have a, a mentorship program yet, so I was the one that was going to be following up with Kate. And I find out over the next few days, Kate desperately wants to to leave her home. That her mother was very controlling, and I had seen that, so this was no surprise to me when she said that. But then she said that her mother had threatened her, had actually tried to choke her wow. following the time on the ultrasound with us. And Kate even had a a recording of that, not a video, but an audio recording, and she played it for me. Wow. Um, And it was scary. So um, I thought Kate was probably in imminent danger of literally being killed by her mother, and I urged her to call the police. She did, and actually the way that I got her to do that was I said, look, I will come to your house. I will come be with you, but you need to call the police. I would leave the house and, um, and I think you ought to call the police. So in retrospect, we can talk about, was that a good idea? Once again, Vicki is leaping to go (laughs) with a potentially violent, um, parent. Uh, but that is, that is what, what I did. And, um, the policeman met us in front of Kate's house, and uh, they went in, talked with the parents. They came back out and actually told Kate, you know, your parents don't want you to leave because then they're saying, well, we'll help get you to a safe house. Similar to our last story, the safe house was one that Kate had already found. It was actually the boyfriend's family. Okay, The boyfriend that I don't yet know she is going to later accuse of rape. Which shows you kind of the crazy, um, just convoluted mess, tangled mess in this girl's life. Yeah. But um, so the the policemen come out and say your your parents are telling us they don't want you to leave. They really they sound like I've dealt with a lot of you know disabled families, and he was saying, I really think your parents really do love you. They don't want you to leave. Maybe you should consider just staying. And she said, no, she she could not return. And so I help her gather her things, which the policeman brought out. I think he went in with her to stand guard as she gathers things, and I help bring her over to the boyfriend's family. Okay. Where she moves in, or at least temporarily, with my help, bring this stuff over. And that family seemed wonderful. Yeah. On on the surface. They they seemed they seemed wonderful. They took my name and number, thanked me for bringing her there. They seemed to support that Kate's parents were nuts and she needed to to be out of that situation. And um and only a couple weeks later, I get a call from this host family that Kate is like, there's all kinds of problems with Kate that they are discovering. And once again, I'm having second thoughts about what did I just do? Yeah. Did I, did I do the right, the right thing? Um, she had a relationship with that father still and went through periods of rage when the father of the baby uh, would apparently reject her. 
And so I'm beginning to, she tells me that the father had raped her. Again, that came out a little bit later. And, and then I'm beginning to doubt everything Kate is saying. Yeah. Because there's the family that she has just moved into is saying, our son is not a rapist. This is not true. Um, but there are significant problems yeah. with Kate. Yeah. And the next principle is, and this is something to always keep in the back of your mind when you're dealing with these hard cases, is uh, you rarely hear... Uh, the whole story. Yeah. When you first encounter these moms. That's right. You'll hear maybe bits and pieces. Maybe you'll hear the kind of surface level of what's going on, but there's always something going on, something deeper going on, whatever that situation might be. Um, even in hard cases where there's a health issue, sometimes if you dig a little deeper, a little deeper, you'll find uh, that maybe you're not getting the whole story. Right. But that doesn't mean you just write them off and think they're lying because we can be tempted because we've been lied to so many times out right. there, right? And yeah. ministering to these moms yeah. and even after the fact as we're ministering to them on an ongoing basis, um, we can get jaded and think they're just always lying and just write them off. Just got to take what they what they say um, for what, what it is mm-hmm. and just move forward as best we can to lay out a plan for them. But yeah, remember, you don't always get, you rarely actually get the whole story. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, in retrospect, as I'm looking at this whole thing, I'm thinking, what was I thinking? You know, why did I get involved in that? I should have told her, call the police, and then I should have stepped out. I, I think that there, there are sometimes when we overextend ourselves, and in retrospect, I really feel like that was overextending myself, because now... Uh, I'm in a situation that I probably, I had no, I didn't have the whole picture. I didn't know who was lying. Now there's, the parents are saying one thing, Kate's saying one thing, the family of the father of the baby is saying another thing, and who am I to try and figure out? Yeah. (laughs) So in the midst of all this terrible struggle, Kate is now pretty distraught because she is recognizing no matter where she goes, trouble follows. And she's beginning to have, she, I think, even said something like, what, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. What, and, and that's the perfect opening to the gospel. Yes, there is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with every human being, and it's sin. Yeah. And, and sin separates us from God. And when we follow those sinful choices, they only lead to destruction. So um, I, sh- I begin sharing the gospel and continue to share the gospel over the, over the next couple few weeks, I guess. And um, she's, she was more and more willing to to hear it. And one of the most helpful resources that we offer now, she's like, I don't even remember, honestly, where she ended up. Uh, If she was back in the parents' house, if she was with a new friend's house, I think that there was another interim housing. Um, She did finally return to the parents' house with, with the police and DSS maybe even had stepped in. But um, at that point, as she returns to her parents' house, and I'm saying, what are you doing? I thought your mom tried to choke you. She admitted she had kind of doctored and edited that choke recording. Wow. So even that was was a, a bit of a lie. But um, during the baby shower where Cheryl Chandler of Truth and Mercy um, – Ministries comes in, we do the baby shower at Kate's house, and the mother's there. And the the overbearing, hovering control of the mother was obvious. And we really began to understand poor Kate's situation. She couldn't even say, I like this dress 
for the baby. Well, it was a boy. I like this pair of pants without the mother countering it with something. Yeah. So there was not a single choice or thought that Kate was really allowed to have. And, yeah. and I understood then the dynamics of why she felt the need to, to escape that. And um, in the baby shower, Cheryl always shares the gospel beautifully. We always take the mom out. We took the we took Kate out alone without the mother. That was uh, that was hard getting the mother to to let us do that. Share the gospel in its entirety, both of us. And Kate is so broken at this point, having seen and having had us see what her mother was truly like, um, that she said she she wanted to ask Jesus to be her Lord. And she she shared, that was when she shared the the drug problem and just everything that poured out um, yeah. and all the lies. And we really felt this was a very sincere pouring out of heart towards wanting to submit her life to the Lord. So um, we prayed, we prayed with her. She asked him to take control of her life, and um, and we're rejoicing in the middle yeah. of, I think it was at Denny's yeah. restaurant. And see, the Lord opened up the opportunity, right? She Perfectly. didn't want to talk about God. That's she wanted right. to just leave that religious, quote, religious talk on right. the table. Right. But then the Lord opens up the door as you continue with discipleship and yep. follow up with her. Yeah. And, uh, and so this third principle is when uh, their world falls apart, yeah. God can step in. You know, it's not until we come to the end of ourselves until we can begin with the Lord. And it took her coming to the end of herself before she was open to hear about the things of God. And God was plowing the soil of her heart Yeah, through she the was, situation. She was the one that said to me and Cheryl, can, can I ask him to be Lord right now? Because Cheryl's philosophy is kind of don't. Don't really extend an invitation. She doesn't yeah. want to want them to feel that they should ask Jesus to be their Lord because we've given them... Uh, you know, a house full of gifts. Sure. And that's a really very important yeah. thing to be concerned about. But this girl was begging. I, I want to ask you, how do I do it? When can I do it? Can I do it now? Yeah. And so, you know, you uh, no, I, I didn't. We didn't say no. We said, yes, sure. yes, you can. And she repented of many, many sins. That's how we had a sense of, of what was truly going on in her life. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. So kind of the end of this whole story, then she remains with her parents. She's now a new believer. Her son is born, and she was just smitten. She remained living with the mom um, for the next three years, I think, and stayed in touch with me. I stayed in touch with her, and she was doing really well. She finished her college education. She began working. She ended up reconciling not it relationship with the father of of the their son but they um they co-parented and they had a good relationship in co-parenting and she admitted he shocked her and became a a good father yeah. he was a good father the other family were now had a good relationship with Kate she was saving money for her own apartment. And during that time, what is really often happens, she then began to counsel other young ladies, her friends in similar situations to what she had been in and referred them to us. And we helped her friends choose life. And yeah. um, so she came full circle. Yeah. 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 And so I want you guys to remember in all of these stories and what we're sharing is some pretty miraculous uh, 
I would say, 180-degree turnarounds. Yeah. doesn't happen immediately, right? No, this was over a period of this months and even years, yeah. really years. But remember, miracles do happen. Yeah. God can work miracles. When yeah. God changes a human heart, that's a miracle. When a mom who was headed into an abortion center mm-hmm. turns around and reconsiders taking the life of her baby, that's a miracle. When a mom or a dad or anyone that we encounter, when we present the gospel to them and their need for a Savior, when their heart is turned to the Lord, that's a miracle. Yeah. When circumstances that seem impossible and in from a worldly perspective are impossible, I, yeah. I know you and I both, and all of our counselors, I think, would attest to this. If you've been on the sidewalk, you would attest to this. When you've encountered situations where you're scratching your head and you're thinking, I mean, I don't have a clue how right. to remedy this situation. Yeah. And you look to the Lord and you see God work it out. That's a miracle. Yeah. So, guys, I think we probably – this is probably a principle in every one of these stories that we it shared. Is. It in is. Some, in it's some facet of this principle. all the time. That we have to rely on the Lord. Yes. When we ever get into a mode of operation where we think we can do what we do based on the science, again, like we started mm-hmm. out, the science is on our mm-hmm. side as far as life beginning at conception, the baby in the womb is a living thing. Um, I mean, with ultrasound, you can see I mean, it's, the science is on our side. Right. Resources. I mean, goodness gracious. Anything from like free doctors to um, daycare, whatever mm. you can think of, housing, all of that, the resources are there, right? Yeah. There's there's all these good reasons, right? And there's all these good resources and there's all these scientific stuff. And we should use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't we? But to just just focus on those things and not bring God into the equation and not acknowledge God's ability to turn a situation right side up would be to completely miss the most powerful aspect of uh, who we are as believers in Jesus and what we're called to do. We're not just called to bring resources and scientific truth into the equation. We're called to bring the truth of who God is into the equation, into the lives of these moms and these babies and see him do his his work. Yeah, and I think this is so encouraging because right now politically what's happening in our country, it's easy to be discouraged. I was thinking just this morning, is abortion ever going to now be outlawed? And then I remembered this. I remembered this case. I remembered my Lord, and I thought, you know, I'm one person and I know that I have a voice, and I know that I have a voice that can speak God's truth, and I can help change someone's heart through God using me one person at a time. Yeah. And that's how abortion is ultimately going to be defeated. Yeah, absolutely. We've yeah. got to be faithful yeah. to do what God has called us to do, to give a voice for these babies, to bring the gospel, to offer practical help, mm-hmm. and then leave the results up to the Lord. Yeah, We've got and, to be and, faithful. And with this with this case, I mean, look at all the things that, that really were overcome. Depression, um, a false accusation of rape. It turns out it was false. I don't know if I ever said that. Um, the, the healing of the relationship of her family, the healing of the relationship with his family, drug addiction conquered, a a girl completely dependent on overbearing, overprotective parents on her own and independent now, and then she's bringing other people to the Lord and um, helping them to make a choice for life. All those things. Yeah. All those things that happened out of that terrible mess. Yeah. And that's the miracle work and power of, of the Lord. Yeah. So, guys, we um, appreciate you guys listening to this. We would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast with others. 
encourage them. Maybe it's folks that you know, and uh, they're talking about how to get involved. Maybe they've got a burden for the issue of abortion, and they want to know, how can I get involved? Um, I think this podcast is a good entry point. Give them some information. We did a podcast months and months ago about your first time at the abortion center, what that might look look like. So maybe you guys are listening and you're praying through getting involved. Uh, we'd certainly love for you to get involved. I um, want to cue you guys into something um, that would be a blessing to you, I think, if you're praying about getting involved. As we mentioned in several podcasts, we fr- formerly were Cities for Life. We merged together with Love Life in an effort to raise up sidewalk missionaries. That's people who can be out at the abortion centers, but also rally the church in their city. So we're doing that. We're raising up sidewalk missionaries. We're bringing them here to Charlotte. We're holding boot camps where we train them to do those two things, to engage on the sidewalk and to engage the local church. And uh, and so if you guys want to get involved with that, you can go to lovelife.org, and you can find some information there. Um, there's tabs. There's a connect uh, tab there that you can connect and um, you can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, Vicky at lovelife.org. Another thing I want to mention to you guys, maybe you don't really feel like uh, you can take that step to become a full-time missionary on the sidewalk. We can still, we still do trainings, and we're doing those now once a month, and we're calling it Sidewalk Outreach Training. It's a 101, very basic, but I think in-depth basic mm-hmm. uh, training class. We do it via Zoom, and uh, we're going to do it actually February the 6th. So as you're listening to this, you're listening to this just the Thursday before uh, this training, but we do them once a month. So the next training will be the first Saturday of March and uh, from two to four on Saturday afternoon, uh, the first Saturday of the month. If you guys want to get in on any of that, get trained in that area or get more information about becoming a sidewalk missionary, reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. I'll get you the information that you need, get you um, just some signups and things like that that you'll need. But, uh, yeah, reach out if you're interested in that. And with that, we will talk to you guys next time. God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you